0: Welcome in to another edition of Keg Jams, Volume Three. We are back. Chechen here with me, Charlie. Uh, we, if you're those unfamiliar, this is a new thing that we've doing every once every three weeks, two to three weeks. Uh, we're trying to do and basically we take 10 songs we take 10 sports topics sometimes a little bit more pop culture more what's happening in the world we mesh that all together and we create a playlist out of it and i've started one on spotify uh you can find that it's just called tag jams i will link it out in the instagram uh on the instagram story so it's about 20 songs deep so you can kind of follow along you can't play the songs because we don't want a DCMA uh, fine against us. Uh, SoundCloud would shut us down. Used to happen to Mitch and I all the time, but that's a, another story for another time. Uh, but you can find us on social, TabintheKeg on Twitter, Tab and Keg Sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok. You can find Ken underscore on Instagram, uh, Facebook, as well as Twitter to find out where he is performing next. Let's welcome in our co-host here. What's happening, dude?
1: What's going on, man? Always good to record after a Bucks win for sure.
0: Yeah, we're we're two for two on this. Uh, I think we did we do I forget the though it was a Cleveland game, right? We yep. we also taped yep. after that. So it's nice that we can uh we can keep the streak alive. I think when Mitch and I taped after our game, we were able to we also had a win. So I'm like 3 and 0 now doing doing like recap pods, which is pretty good. I think Mitch and I did one last year right after that awesome Brooklyn game on the road too where we were both drunk and just decided to hop on. So yeah. i almost i almost did it on saturday friday like i had i was like in a good good zone where i was like i might just hop on and start talking shit but that's yeah, yeah. maybe where i just need to just do spaces and, and not not worry about all the other guys that are doing spaces who are in in my same lane and just do it for myself
1: yeah the spaces are are just interesting because it's there's so many people that are there and then you don't really know like who you want to bring in to actually talk and be part of the conversation. Right. But you know, if you have a big enough group, it's fun to keep it live and, and keep it right. fresh even on a, on a weekend night, after you've been, you know, had a, had a few it might it might <laughs> get out of hand, but well, I guess it's, it makes them a little bit better.
0: Yeah. You gotta, I think you gotta do it. Like, it's almost like a radio talk show, right. Where it's like just taking your calls basically. And you're just having mm-hmm. somebody ask you a question and then right. it's just, here's a question. And get in, get out. I mean, you can keep them on and you can kind of do a little back and forth. And then at some point it's like, all right, we're going to talk to next person, you know, and just kind of keep going, keep going that way. But yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe the next iteration, maybe that's, that's the way to do the, the instant reaction. But uh, where can the people find you? Where are you, uh, where are you performing next and uh, where can they, uh, they see it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously with the holidays, it's a little bit slow um, for the rest of the year. Uh, This Friday, I'm at Revel um, in Bayview. Uh, Next Wednesday, I'll be at Trinity, um, you know, right before the holidays. Nothing on the holiday weekend, just, you know, able to spend some time with family. And then uh, um, the day before New Year's Eve, which is the 30th, I'll be at Trinity again, um, which – if you want to come out, that'd be great It it's going to be a tough night. It always is. The hey, hey, man,
0: you never know. It, it, I will say younger me would have saw a New Year's Eve on a Saturday as an opportunity to just go on an absolute bender. Like mm-hmm. I, I, if you're under the age of 27 maybe and you have no responsibilities in life, like you could go from really Friday to <laughs> Monday and just yeah. – I, and I've done it like right. Like I,
1: I'm not yeah, I think like, we all yeah, I think we all have it's you know, like turned. I mean, it's, it's it's obviously not the first time New Year's has fallen on like the weekend, right? Um, it's, and there is, there is a an odd group of not odd, but there is a, a large group of people that would rather go out the night before and would rather do yeah the house party stuff or the chill stuff with friends on New Year's Eve and not do the bar thing. So um, I, I've done a few nights that have fallen, you know, before New Year's Eve. The, I picked it up because I actually, I, my wife will be working, so I won't be on New Year's Eve. Um, it's one of the only years, even probably the last, I don't know, eight to 10 years, at least, that I've been DJing that I have. I, You know, I'll be at home and, and won't be able to to DJ, which is okay, because those are just insanely long weekends, and, and especially that night itself, because Obviously there's no closing and you you typically try to utilize as much of the night and into the morning as you can. So I I am usually booked like two, if not three places in that night um, and just utilize the time as I can. But um, yeah, pretty, pretty, you know, quiet end of the year and we'll ramp back up in in January. But um, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited for, for once to have, uh, and I had I had one off a few years ago for a wedding, but I'm actually kind of excited to just have a New Year's chill at home. Um, and we'll kick it with the little one and right. And, uh, we well, I've, I've had my fair share. So
0: a couple things. Number one, first of all, everyone knows now to drink on New Year's Day is even actually better because everybody's off on Monday, and mm-hmm. I've done that the last two years and had great time. Um, so we might have to offline on that. Um, yeah, and yeah, then, uh, and then the other thing is to build build you up about this Friday. There is a Bucks game that night, so the Bucks play the Timberwolves that night, so you have that going for you. True. Um, so there, so there you go. The home I game, think it's home game. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, okay. So
0: okay, so yeah, a little more, a little more. You know, uh, but yeah, let's talk about these Bucks. And yeah, make sure you're going out to see Shaken, whether it be Revel, whether it be Trinity, um, on those two nights. And yeah, Trinity also you can get in early on Trinity and it's not going to be filled with people who are much younger than you. Like, just get in there early. Just go see our boy. Don't go in there at 10 or 11. If you go in there at 11 or 12, you know, and I haven't and been there when you've been performing. So I don't know if you have that corner because we did it. We did that red, white, and blue. We caught a lot of heat from some friends. Some friends are like, why are you there? And I'm like, look, man, sporting the kid and we're in this corner <laughs> where, where nobody can, nobody can touch us. Kind of we're You're fine. Right. We're fine. So anyway, yeah. But that, but that's said, Speaking of our bucks, uh, wow, what a game for Milwaukee. Um, song for one was "I Ain't I Ain't Worried" by One Republic. I could argue it's probably might be the song of the year just because of how popular Top One was and is. Um, great movie if you haven't seen it. Um, I think to me it probably my favorite movie of 2022. I haven't seen a ton of movies, but I just absolutely loved it. And it really was winner loss. I was going to look at this and say. If they win, I'm, I'm not worried about anything right now. Like, I'm not worried about any of the games that are for this. Um, I'm certainly not worried about the Golden State Warriors. And if they were, even if they were to lose tonight, I still would look at it like it's middle of December and there's a long way to go. But if you take this with what the Bucs did against Golden State versus what you saw with Boston uh, against Golden State and against the Clippers, now I'm playing the Lakers right now as we tape, it's not, it's not a dick measuring contest, but you have to at least be encouraged and. Feel good about it, Andrew have and Drew Holiday tonight, and it it really didn't matter. And you're facing Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. It's pretty incredible. So all in all, I I can't be higher on what on the box performance tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, the Golden State Warriors, no matter what, are the Golden State Warriors. I don't care like what their record is, even if they well, they're now two and twelve on the road this year. Yeah, but crazy. Again, they're their defending champs. They know how to win. They know how to play. They're they're banged up too. Obviously, Wiggins was out tonight. But um, you know, obviously we were out with Drew. Chris was just coming back. You know, I don't I didn't even know going into the game into the day that Chris was gonna play. I know he was like probable designation on the injury report, but he looked pretty good. He, he still is you can see see he's still getting his feet, but um I think tonight was such a good representation of the Bucs as a whole. Um, obviously they they talked about it so much that Giannis dominated the game, but man, he was so bad from the field. Yeah. Uh, he, he impacted the game in different ways, but there was just so much else from from the guys. Defensively, Brooke was incredible again. And we'll we'll talk about Brooke in, in a little bit. Um offensively didn't give much, but you know, Javon looked so good. It'll be so understated. His defense on on Jordan Poole and Steph. Um, I mentioned to you offline that's, you know, they were hanging around in the in that first quarter because Steph really hadn't asserted himself into the game and he really just never did. Uh he just couldn't find a shot or couldn't get his shot the way that he wanted to. He hit a couple ones um just based off of the way that our, our defense plays, but just never really settled in the game. And I think Javon had a lot to do with that. And he he battled both Steph and Jordan pretty much all game. Um, you know, and and those guys got frustrated, and you could tell by the way the game was wrapped and Jesus, the amount of technicals that those guys got was just after a while. It was just like, guys, you got to, you're not going to be in this game for much longer. They're, they're lucky you're still in no, it. I, but. I've,
0: I've not, sorry to interrupt, but like, I've never seen a more mentally soft championship team. Like, can, it was can, bad. You, know, can, yeah. can you imagine, like, any, like, any sport, like football, basketball, baseball, doesn't matter. Like, how the hell can you not keep your composure? Like, nothing's handed to you. Like, this just because mm. you won the fucking championship. Doesn't mean that you win you win every call, that you're gonna win every 50-50 ball. Like not everything's gonna go your way. Like it was almost like they were privileged out there, like mm-hmm. acting like it was just gonna be handed to them. And maybe that's yeah. that kind of can explain the losing how bad they've been on the road.
1: Yeah, and like I hate it because like I love Jordan Poole for the fact he's from you know Milwaukee and this and that, but you can just see. He's starting to get that kind of I should be getting every call. Steph, I don't feel like I I remember seeing that a lot out of him. Steph rarely gets – you know, upset like that, that he was, you know, tonight. Um, but yeah, it was like Jordan Poole and then Kaminga was getting into it. And then, Stur- you know, Steve Kerr got one just to, you know, kind of hype up his guys. And I was just like, Jesus, you guys look fucking pathetic on national TV. Um, but uh, no, the team, the, the Bucks looked good all around. Bobby had a massive game. Yeah. Looked really good. Um, Grayson had a fucking awesome game. I still worry a little bit about him defensively, but man, he was, he was assertive. He got in the lane when he wanted to, he, you know, he just picked his, picked his spots and, and knocked down his shots and, and looked really good. George Hill even looked really good. I know we've, we've both been critical of George Hill. The yeah. I, I but, think George
0: yeah. Hill, George Hill feels the pressure of Javon. I swear when Javon mm-hmm. plays well, George Hill suddenly plays well. Like I think yeah. it, it's correlated The Grace. I totally agree with you on Grayson. I, this is why I have such a hard time. Like, I love Jay Crowder from his time at Marquette. I didn't really like the NBA version of him. But I have such a hard time with the Jay Crowder for Grayson Allen trade because yeah. I just – I don't – like, Jay doesn't – is not that as athletic, cannot make some of those athletic plays. Defensively, Jay's great, right? And, yeah. and he helps you out. But, yeah, that's – it's nights like these where I'm like, are we sure we need to move anybody? Like, and, you know, we, ha- we have a, a pretty solid roster, and Marjan is buried on the bench, and he maybe – that's kind of how you can help Grace Grayson I I just trying to be more naive about that, that he's buried on the bench because he was sick for like two weeks and yeah. that he's just getting back to full strength, but who knows?
1: Yeah. And now it's like all of the guys except you know, obviously with the exception of the the Chris Middleton injury that are, are all pretty much healthy. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia Javon and you know, even though we didn't get Drew today, we had a you know, for the most part, we have a full roster pass back. And I think we all kind of knew that that was going to happen. It's un, it's unfortunate, but I think we know kind of the way Bud coaches. And, um, you know, I, I think I would like to see Marjan maybe get some of the West minutes um, yeah. if, if he's taking anyone's minutes, but um, you know, West, you know, what he does goes a little, you know, under the radar as well. But, um, you know, I I think with Marjan and his energy defensively, he wasn't afraid to pull the one shot he had tonight. He pulled and, mm-hmm hit it right away. Um, but, you know, I don't know if it's just going to be a slow grind with his development from here on out. But um, the one thing with with Grayson defensively is that I think just the way that the Bucs are defending this year, obviously with Brooke and, and Giannis, you can kind of mitigate some of his deficiencies on defense. And, it's, of course, even with Drew too, you have three guys, uh, you know, on – you know, at least this year that could easily be, you know, first if not second team all defense. And so you, the way they're playing this year might make up for those deficiencies with Grayson, but he was, he was assertive. He hit his shots. He looked so good. Um Javon looked great. Um Bobby looked great. Bob or uh, Brooke on defense looked awesome. Yeah. You know, I, honest, it, it, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't hitting his shots and man, it was frustrating to see him just I, keep getting jumpers, but Again, he, he got to the rack and hit his free throws, and, and that's all you can kind of ask is for him to affect the game in a in a different way when he's not hitting those shots. Right,
0: and we'll move on to our next song here in a second, but I think to add to add on to that, like, two things. Number one, I think Giannis is working, just working on his game. I think Giannis is just practicing out there. I know that yeah. sounds kind of flippant, and but it's like, Game was in reach. He didn't feel like he needed to, you know, go to the basket. He knew he could get a bucket if he needed to. And Giannis just wants to be the best at everything. Like, he's talked about that with his free throws. He's like – and I'm okay with him getting lane violations, things like that. And it's like – I think it's okay. As long as he's, you know, making something happen and continuing to work on it, I can't criticize the guy. And now – That's the thing
1: too is like real quickly – He he wants to be he wants to be a good offensive player. So I there are shots I don't like him to shoot in the moment, but I like that he is still shooting them and he's not afraid to do it.
0: No, totally. And so now you have this stretch now where really you have seven games against very good opponents. I mean, you you you've the grizzlies tomorrow, uh yeah, tomorrow night again, and that's gonna be tough. And that's not gonna be an easy one. Grizzlies are playing good basketball right now. The Jazz are going to be pesky back home. uh, Should have a good crowd Saturday night, and then you go to New Orleans for the Pels and then back out to Cleveland, and then Brooklyn, Boston, and this in all in one week. And so I mean, if they come out of that, and I'm not expecting to so, don't no one hold me to this. They've already won one. If you come out of that like five and two or six and one, there's no question. Like you leave no debate on the table. Who's the best team Mm -hmm. in basketball? And mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's going to be a really fun stretch here and I I like watching all bucks games but there's something enjoyable about watching them against good teams and I think they get up for it too and so it's going to be kind of a nice fun week couple weeks of basketball here with with bucks and it should be should yeah. be exciting
1: Yeah and there's no I mean they're all kind of all, all over the place there right so you get Cleveland who you've beaten already uh, right. but it still poses a problem you get Boston um, you know Memphis there there's so many different teams uh, you get obviously the the West leading the Pelicans and having to deal with Zion like that. Yeah, is be Zion's, Zion's been
0: incredible I mean Zion right. they're losing tonight but Zion's been out of this world right now. So you're gonna cycling. get
1: you're gonna get a test on every night in in different ways right you got John Morant and the depth of Memphis, and then you got, you know, Zion. I don't think Brandon Ingram will be back for that game, but then you have obviously Herb have the, Jones is
0: back though, so you'll have yeah. to, Herb Jones. Will you're, be gonna face, get, be honest, you're gonna yeah. get
1: different shots in every single one of those games, and it's gonna be probably this the truest test of of the team we're probably gonna have all year just in, in the stretch of the games that with the opponents are playing. Yeah, well,
0: let's move on to the next song, which is
1: yours. So, what do you got for us? yeah so I, I thought it was kind of a funny play on the on the word um but it kind of you know feels right with the holidays but jingles spelled j-i-n-g-l-e-s um, uh, which is yeah that's still the way you spell it but yeah it's still Ingles, it. um yeah. you know i think he's he's still targeting around christmas so i would think right in that stretch here he, we're gonna see him um and I think just especially just seeing even the extended minutes that Chris got tonight, you could see they were trying to get him a little bit more work. You could see he was a little bit sloppy with the ball and and still has a lot to to work through to get to where we, you know, I think we all expect him to be. Um, so Joe Ingles coming back in that time is going to help because I think it's not only going to prolong Chris's time, but it's not always, always going to rush him back. And hopefully Joe Ingles in um that time is, is, you know, a kind of a slow build as well. So you can kind of match their minutes a little bit where, you know, you don't want to push Chris too much. You don't want to push Joe Ingles too much. Um And, and I know I've, I've followed Joe Ingles pretty closely just from the battles that he had a, at Utah with when, you know, OKC had Carmelo and, and watching them and just kind of just his overall, approach to the game is just so calm he has an incredible you know playoff experience for um you know pretty much his whole career it's he's right. not you know an insane score he's a 10 four and four consistently almost shoots 40 percent from threes but a guy that's been there a guy that has experience that can hit big shots he's actually a pretty good defender um when you when you watch him I yeah. hope that the injury hasn't taken away too much. He's not a young guy by any means, but no. um, you know he's. You can see him on the bench. You see the camaraderie already built with the guys, and he's just going to have. He's gonna be that you know Goran Dragic type guy. I feel like for us, where it's like he's an asshole to play against, but he's absolutely a guy you want on your side especially in the playoffs, especially with the experience. And so I think timing wise is going to be perfect and to get him in, it, it's going to be interesting how he fits in. Um, you know, we were just talking about Wes's minutes and George Hill's minutes and Javon's minutes and MarJon's not seeing minutes. And it's going to be interesting to see how they, they kind of work him in, but I'm excited to add another guy um, that can, that can shoot the ball who's uh, still a solid defender you know, Grayson hit all of his shots you know tonight Bobby's been struggling from from three a little bit and Brooke's been incredible but just another guy that you know when you give him a, a a a little sliver of space that he's gonna knock it down pretty consistently so um it's just another added weapon that the Bucks desperately not desperately need but it's just can compound what they can do towards the end of the year and into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I I am very excited as well. Uh, all the things you said, I I think Ingles is going to add an element that the Bucks haven't had in a few years. I don't know if they've ever had really. Is that just ball creator, pick and roll fiend, uh, and and can do some of the little things that you know sometimes has been missing off the bench and the Bucks are. This is the deepest version of the Bucks, um, and when they're fully healthy and. If Ingles, you know, can come back a couple games before Boston, so whether that's that Cleveland game next Wednesday or uh, the Brooklyn game even, and you can just get him out there, get him sweaty before the Christmas Day game against Boston. I mean, if he can't make it for the Boston game, you know, it sucks. It's It would be a bummer. But at the same time, and I'm going to have to talk to our good friend Mitch about this, it's like that Boston game matters a lot, but it's not the end of the world if we lose it. Um, right. Because you have three more of them. So you you know, there are multiple opportunities for tiebreakers the rest of the mm-hmm. way. So you can't
1: just throw all your it. it's the media's chance to, to oh yeah. Oh,
0: Hundred percent. It's gonna be out of control. And you just gotta weather that storm. And I guess it's nice because it's Christmas week where there won't be a time. I mean, I'm sure the podcasts and everything will be be cooking but it won't be it won't be as like significant as like the normal week where we'd go into work monday and we'd listen to Stephen a like talk about how the bucks aren't a championship team because they lost the Celtics or some bullshit so mm-hmm. i think having Ingles back will be great i don't know if we'll see the full version of joe Ingles maybe right. until february or after the all-star break i think with his knee injury what he does have going for him is suki hobson's a great great athletic trainer and she's done great work with our guys in the past. So I'm hoping that she's doing something similar with angles.
1: Yep. Yep. No, I'm excited to get him back. Like, like you said, it's going to probably be take some time for us to see the the full Joe angles, but just to again, get, get that piece added to this team is exciting.
0: Very excited to see him probably punch Montrez Harold in the dick or something. Do something
1: to Montrez
0: Harold if Montrezl. Oh gets man, on the he doesn't back
1: down. I just loved. I loved. I hated and loved it at the same time. I'm like, man, this guy. He he's not like your number one or your number two, but he he can ball and he doesn't back down from anybody. And that's that's right. just the, the type of mentality we love to have in Milwaukee.
0: And you know, Trezwell will can't handle it because I mean, he's blocking people on Twitter like me. Um, so it's just it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah. So let's move, let's move to the next song, which is you again uh, staying in the NBA.
1: Yeah. Um man, I, I think you and I both, probably you more than I, can uh can oh, attest yeah. to this. It's uh, it's Miss My Dogs, it's, it's YG in <laughs> Lil Wayne. Um just you know, I think it talks about missing out on 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 your boys. And every night it's you know, I'll watch Brooke play and I'm like you know, I talked to. I had a conversation with a friend of mine. You know, a few weeks ago, even when you know, Brooke was was still just kind of scratching the surface in in the way the new kind of way the defense is playing for the Bucs. And I'm like, I'm pretty. I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm telling you, watch my boy said it to me. I'm like, he's gonna be up there at at the end of the year for Player of the Year, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. And they're like, no way, no way. And it was like, excuse me, Ananobi and. Marcus Martin, some of those guys were all you know up there. Right. He was middle of the pack. And I look today, and he is the odds-on favorite by a long shot to win it. Um and <sighs> he leads the lead, he leads leads the league in blocks. It's not even close. Um he's he's got more five block games than anybody in the NBA, more three, three more than any of the next guy. Um career high in blocks. Uh, I think. Milwaukee might be number two or three defensively and it's you know it has a lot if not a lot more to do um with Brooke Lopez and um man a a, uh a bad beat to say the least and and a very bad miss on our part um as Milwaukee fans and you're probably a bigger better than I am but shit man he looks so fucking good defensively it's 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 really fun to watch but very bittersweet um even you know knowing the odds at the beginning of the year
0: well obviously I don't we don't post the videos I we I don't, I haven't established myself on YouTube yet but if you were to watch the video I put my hood up I'm wearing a hooded sweatshirt and I put it up and was like in dismay because the best bets are the ones you don't make um that just happens way too often it's extremely annoying it's not fun um yeah there's a podcast you could go back it's like early mid-october right before the season or right as the season begins and i talk and i talk about how brooks 251 to win defensive player of the year meaning yeah i just put a dollar down i win 250 and i was like oh, that's interesting like just acknowledge it didn't really think much of it it's like ah, whatever um yeah and that's the, that's why you just sometimes throw it out on a long shot because you just never know it's like every now and again i'll wager on golf and I'll, I'll at least have one or two long shots because you know golf is similarly with like awards right it's just unpredictable and i think something like a defensive player of the year versus like a long shot mvp and that's how like the my famous burrow bet which i've talked about before but it's like you know we i Joe burrow at 125 to one and that was an incredible decision and just i was doing some research and you know laid it down and and i and now i have the the other end of it right and so and i think a lot of Bucks fans are probably saying that and i think also too with bobby portis i'm sure i think bobby portis the odds were a little bit better but um i think you could have got bobby at the start of the year for six man of the year at like a 20 or 30 to one which i'm sure we covered on that podcast too so again like that's i mean that's pretty the, good value. Is he, the
1: favorite, is he the favorite for that right now
0: i was just pulling up and seeing if that was the case. But I'm, I know
1: he's like top 10 in rebounds and he's obviously right. on the bench. He has more double doubles off the bench than any player in the NBA is right now. So, I mean, I, I know he's going to, he's got to be in that conversation. Um, I was just curious if he was, he was in, you know, yeah. that, that high in that conversation. Yeah, I'm looking right now and I cannot
0: find any futures. So I'll have to, I'll have to look this up. A later date and we'll follow up on the podcast for it because yeah that that maybe friday oh, i'm not doing a show Friday. uh i was gonna say friday i'd do it but no i i bobby has to be pretty hot in there i did have someone talk to me today that the bucks are still like 310 to win the eastern conference so that's not bad value three to one um i'm sure that went down today um being that it was on TNT but it's probably worth getting until, you know, before the Celtics game. And if, and even if after the Celtics game, you have a little more of an opportunity there, but yeah, there's, there's some missed opportunities. Um, I think I might've grabbed the honest for MVP, but I'm not sure. Um, that's one too, where maybe the value just wasn't there. Um, and it happens, you know, you just, you, you have those moments where you're like, if I just, all I have to do here is lay it down and and that's it. And that's.
1: I, I mean, to be fair, it's been what four years with with Budden. It's like, is he really going to make a change? He said all oh, this is, he and we didn't know coming off of the year that Brook had last year that he was going, you know, going to be fully healthy and that we would see this version uh, of Rook I think he's he's shooting almost a like career high in three point percentage as well, and it's just like. Nobody expected this out of out of Brooke, both on offensive, defensive end. We've seen so much out of Bud that we've been, you know, asking for change. They were the worst in the league and giving up threes this year. And now they're in tops in a lot of those categories. So it's hard to um, really see, like, did we really expect this out of Bud? And, you know, just history tells you it's, you know, you never know what you can expect coming off, you know, with a guy coming off of a, a back surgery. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, real quick before we go on to the next, um, you, uh, we, uh, what was it? I had, I had it there. Uh, what do you think of the awards being named for people like the Michael Jordan MVP, the team defensive player of the year? Like how, what do you feel about that? Do you like it? Do you think it's over the top? Where, where do you stand on?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, I've only seen a, pic, a few pictures of the new trophies. Um, you know, I I think I mean I think it makes sense. Like if you're gonna give the NBA MVP, um, Jordan makes the most sense. Sakeem I don't know how many he won, but you know that makes sense as well. I mean, you have you have guys that were kind of tied to some of those stats, you know, throughout their career. Not, you know, Jordan obviously is you know go conversation depending on who you talk to, but. Um, no, I like it. I think it, and I think from a player perspective, it it has a little bit more meaning to be like, hey, I won the Michael Jordan Award, or I won the Hakeem, you know, Legends in in this game. Um So I don't mind it. I haven't really seen. I, I think I saw the MVP trophy. I thought it was a little interesting. I wonder if they they definitely couldn't get away with like the Jordan Jumpman probably logo would, type yeah. of. of of statue or whatever they want to call it probably but, probably I
0: mean, adidas or Under underarmers like eh, yeah we don't
1: want our guys like we don't want steph curry to have like a jump right. board, or something there there's like probably that. a million million reasons oh, yeah. not to, but um no I, I i like it i think it brings um you know a little bit more nostalgia to the the award itself so
0: yeah, well let's transition to the Packers. Um on my next song, I've been hit sitting here. Uh Take You There uh by Jack U, which is Diplo and Skrillex with Kiza. Is it Kiza or Keza? Uh
1: it's Keza and uh, R.I.P. Jack U, they are just not of not a thing anymore. They were uh, The fun times with them. I've seen them live. Um, but both their record labels just didn't didn't, didn't like it. So they were like, Yeah, Jack U cannot be a thing anymore. That sucks. That's, me, I, I think it's Kaiser. I'm sorry. I think it is Kaiza.
0: Uh, whatever. Kaiza, Kiza, tomato, tomato. Uh, the Packers and the Rams. And the reason I chose the song was that it had nothing to do with the actual song. It's the beat of the song and the BPM and it's just how fast that song is. Because I need Packers to start fast on Monday night. Like this needs to be for the first time in a long time. We need Packers to come out and just be up 10 nothing, 14 nothing, whatever it may be. However you want to you swing it because it's going to be cold in Lambeau. Um, the low on one day is seven degrees. The Rams are not going to want to be there and you have to make it like evident that you want to be there and that it's going to be a bitch to deal with us all the game long and have, you know, AJ Dillon, December Dylan, um just start carrying the ball. And I just, I basically want to make the Rams feel miserable early on and make sure that they don't have a, like a, a prayer, basically, in this game, where they don't want to be there. Because I really do think in these cold weather games, with teams who don't play in the cold weather, it's all psychological, uh, really, from the jump.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've we've had this conversation before. It's like we need to start fast, and it's just oh god, you know, it's been really a, yeah, it has been. It. Um, I think I just saw Walford is is out, so it is going to be Baker Mayfield's the only active quarterback yep. on the roster. Which is kind of crazy. Which I don't know actually if that's a good thing. You think about a guy that's played, you know, some of his career in cold weather. You know, obviously, Cleveland's not a lot of super warm place. He has some in playoff experience, um, so he's played in big games. Um, you know, where you know, even though he doesn't, he probably has a quarter of the the playbook known, and they probably don't have a chance to really run most of their offense. Um, obviously, he went and won his his game off of yeah. less than forty eight hours. Crazy. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing, but man, the Rams have been really tough to watch. Um, you, I haven't seen a, anything on Dobbs yet. If he's announced, he's gonna play. Yeah, he's good. He's gonna play? Okay, he's good so to you go. Like that, you, you think about Dobbs and Christian Watson and just what Watson has become and what Dobbs was early on in the year. You've got kind of a full bevy of of your weapons. Hopefully, on on offense, you've gotten. Dylan to be the guy that we expected early in the year. and and, you know, Aaron Jones has kind of carried the water for some of the the earlier parts of the year. Um So again, you know, I think this is something we've been talking about and clamoring for from the beginning of the year is, is to see the offense get things going. and, um, you know, I, I won't comment on on the defense because the last time I did on this pod, they lost to the fucking Titans, um, with the, yeah. a, an embarrassment of of wide receiver corpse, and and they just they smoked us. Um, we so, were set up, we were
0: set up for the okey doke, man. That was yeah. that was a real, uh, they got us good. I, but I mean, the Baker thing is just the Packers' luck, and. How many times this year has it been like this? What if bullshit like playing the Rams three weeks ago? I think you'd feel a lot better about it. I'm not necessarily worried about the Rams. I mean, the Packers aren't a great team, right? So every game is a a challenge. But I think three weeks ago, you feel a lot better about playing the Rams. If you're playing the Titans this week, how good are you feeling? They've lost three straight games. They're starting to look like they're coming apart at the seams. You're playing the Giants this week. You're feeling pretty solid about you're playing the Giants. The Jets, when they were in their flux, like, the Packers have just got shitty luck after shitty luck. And the other thing about Baker is he did play in Lambeau in, in December last year in the game against with Cleveland. Um, the, the the other side of that, though, is he did throw four interceptions in that game, including a pick six uh, from Rasul Douglas. Rasul had two in that game. So maybe it's the get right spot for Rasul, uh, who, who had really a, a good game against Baker Mayfield. It's had a really uh, rough 2022.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there uh, some of the luck stuff gets old to me because it's like, all right, we played Bailey Zapp, you almost lost that game to the as the point in the year. We were, you know, I think at the time we were excited to play against Taylor Heineke in the Washington game, and that didn't go as planned. Um Where we I, say, I mean,
0: we were playing Carson. We could. I mean, play at Carson the time, Blitz. I think it
1: was only his, his first or second game after the Carson Wentz it was, No, in, it was his
0: first. It was his first one after Carson. Wentz, yeah, so.
1: so I mean. I, there's just a lot of instances sure. of no, you're right. that it's been like, hey, this should have been our game, but it wasn't, and the Packers dropped drop the ball. And you know, I you know, I don't wanna you know speak uh, too much because like I said, I've I've been wrong in the past before, but
0: no nah, man, this is what the podcast Packers are.
1: We get a struggling Rams team that really they are for all intents and purposes out of the playoff pond. They don't have too much to play for other than to really see what they've got out of some of their younger guys. Um I don't know I mean I don't even know that Baker's on their team next year anyways, but unless
0: Stafford um, gives really them hard. a look.
1: Right. He gives them a look. Um he gives the young guys a look. Um so really like I said they they there really shouldn't be much for them to play for although they're they're gonna play because um it's just who they are and i, I think they is going to want it, want them to play and, and try to win no matter what and win in green bay to you know boost his ego and his resume against his buddy but yeah he... the game that the packers you know can control and and defensively if they are so limited then we need to just be extremely disciplined
0: yeah and and the last thought on that is like mcveigh has not beat the packers in lambo he's I think a one three or a one four. Right. Um, it's not been pretty for him. So there is that pride factor of you want to get figure it out, beat your buddy to your point. But also too, I don't think they want to be embarrassed by the fact that they're giving Detroit their first round pick. Yes, they won a Super Bowl, Banners fly forever. I don't think anyone in in Los Angeles gives a shit who are actually Rams fans. There's not many, but who will give a shit that like they they gave up a first round pick for a title. Think no one cares, but I do think there's something to it. Where if it's a top five pick, that kind of sticks with you, Um, mm. and that kind of just feel like right now the Seahawks have the number two pick, and it's because of the Denver Broncos. Right. Like, and that's like That's where you get the game changing guys. Like I don't think tanking is a thing you need to do in in the NFL. I think you can get good players at any point of the draft but I do think when you have the opportunity for a top five versus a top 10, there is a difference there. Yep. Yep. I agree. David Bowie's heroes, legendary stuff. Uh, it might've been in last keg jams. It might not have been, we're going to go review the tape on that, but yeah, they have a chance. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said today on Pat McAfee, you know, if things break their way, they play, you know, at home, then I get a warm one in Miami, which sounds like they're looking forward to. Um, yeah, just sort of see what happens. I myself, I don't see it. Like I've run the simulator the last couple of weeks, and it, it's just it, there's so many variables that have to so fall well. in place. But that's high that at the
1: end of the day hurts brutal. So
0: it's little. so bad. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. That said though, I will I will say this. I I started to have little thoughts about it where I'm like, well, we're kind of all healthy now. Like our whole whole receiver core has never, has not been healthy this entire season. They're now fully healthy. Uh, besides the guys who are out for the season, the defense is pretty much there. Um, it's, you can make a case, but Bakhtiari obviously with the dectomy but Zach Tom looks like the real deal. So it's like, are you really missing much? Which it raises another really interesting question about Bakhtiari. That is a whole other podcast for a whole other time. So it's, there is that chance. It's just, I think you're going to sit there and you're probably going to be a game behind where you need be. And you're just going to curse at yourself the entire fucking day about, man, I wish this Lions game had went different. I wish this commanders game had went different. I wish this Giants game had went different. Mm. And you're just going to look at that and you're going to stew. It's going to hurt. And I'm sure it's a lot how Ravens fans felt last year. Now grant they lost their quarterback. But they were nine and eight. I don't think the Ravens expected to be nine and eight last year and missed the playoffs. And they were last in their division. And now they're going through the same bullshit yet again. But still, they have a little bit more cushion now than they did they did the year prior.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like a total you control your destiny. Um, I mean, they have to for all you know, they have to win out. I mean, for for us to pretty much have a chance the tie really does hurt it. Right. It's the giants, Seattle, you know, the lions, oddly enough. And the commanders are like the four teams that are kind of all on that point. Um The lions, if, you know, obviously if they split, doesn't really, it doesn't going to help us too much. Um, the commanders are all in the tiebreaker, um, you know? And so, yeah, you're leaning on the, you know, the C- Seattle is falling and, and the giants have been a mess as well. And so you're, you're, you're wishing that, that kind of, panned itself out a little bit earlier but you know packers didn't take a take care of business when they should have so um uh, i'm optimistic to um a very very minimal fault but um it's it's really hard to to see a pathway and and to see just like a legendary collapse from all the rest of these teams um just given kind of what, what what we've seen so far but the Packers are healthy. There's no reason that they, you know, I think Miami is the only game I have a little concern about. I know they don't play well in, in December, but they're playing at home. So it doesn't help yeah. as much. Um, So I, that's the only other game. I am am con- concerned about, you know, kind of holding them up, but the Packers, if they take care of the business there, I think they, they you know, finish the game or excuse me, finish the season um, with those wins. It's just going to all depend on, Coming down to those other teams, you know, kind of falling apart, which is certainly possible. But I just, it's it's tough to see.
0: Yeah, I think if you're looking at the optimistic side of it, it's Seattle was never supposed to be here. The Giants were never supposed to be here. They're also, uh, you know, Pete Carroll is a good coach, but I uh, and I don't know if he's really ever been in this scenario before, right? Of holding his guys together, a bunch of young guys, Kenneth Walker, like his whole running back crew is hurt. Um, yeah. they, their run defense has become a sieve. Their whole defense has been a sieve, And now you got to face the 49ers who look like an absolute oh, yeah. ram. Who, who, Yeah. Who, yeah. And, and like, I think San Francisco right now is the best team in football. Like I think they're better than the Eagles. I, I if I, if I had the Niners and Eagles, I would take the Niners. And with Brock birding I would, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not like, I like the Eagles and the Eagles are all right, but.
1: What is your thing with the Eagles? Because when it was the Eagles that had the better record, Dallas was the best team in NFC. Now it's San Francisco. I like San Francisco. I still think it's I still think Philly's best team in.
0: I I don't know if it's a Jalen Hurts. I think it's Jalen Hurts. I really do. Like I just think see that playoff game last year was so rough and how bad he was against Tampa. And I realize it's one playoff game, but. I just don't know when the lights get bright. Is Jalen Hurts gonna live up to it? We'll see in the Dallas game. Like the Dallas game is such a great like measuring stick for me personally because it's in Dallas. Everybody's gonna be watching that game. That rating is gonna be massive. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Christmas Eve afternoon. I'll be at a family event. I'll probably watch most of that. Just not really be be around. We're trying to watch a lot of that, and it like that to me is a huge measure. And if he passed that test, then I I have to give the Eagles a little more respect. Um, I just want to see them on the road against a really good team because they've had a very easy schedule. They have taken care of business. They have battered rent. I just, I like the 49ers a little bit better. I don't, I will say this. I don't like the NFC as a whole compared to the AFC. Like I'd rather have the bills, Bengals, and chiefs before I'm even taking an NFC team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, see, I mean, San Francisco continues to lose guys. I swear they're 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 banged yeah. up, more banged up than anybody, and they just continue to win. Man, they dominated that that Tampa Bay game, and they've they're on their what third string, maybe fourth string, yeah. even at the end of the day, quarterback big, and big cock Brock, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know they just continue to to make. That's the one thing too, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but you know you think about where they started the year with the guys that they had they chose to make a change and bring Christian McCaffrey in a big, a big change. Um, You know, when they had a a solid defense in, in in set and the coaching staff was set and who they had, but that was just a franchise that didn't want to waste a year, basically at the end of the day and made a big play for um, an absolute game changer in Christian McCaffrey. And I think, at times that's something you kind of would like to see out of the Packers. And we just have never been that team. And, and it's unfortunate because not that I'm saying that they needed Christian McCaffrey, but there were other people. No, out that no. would have made they, a, a pretty big impact and changed the course of our season.
0: Listen, they bungled the, they bungled the Devante succession plan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I know Watson
1: and Dobbs are great,
0: but they bungled it because both those guys got hurt during the year. If they were healthy this entire year, I don't think the Packers are five and eight right now. I don't. I think we're talking about an eight and five team, or maybe talking about a nine and four football team. Like I, I really, truly believe that, and that might be a little bit intense. Maybe, maybe That's just five hundred. Cool. But, but still, yeah. like I, I think we're having a different conversation today about if they're all fully healthy. But, and it's like, okay, we're going to add Sam Watkins corpse. Like, is that is that really enough, right? And mm-hmm. so, and this kind of goes into your. This your actual next song, um. So why don't you get into that, and we can kind of keep this conversation going.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't keep me waiting by uh by side piece, um. And maybe this is this is you know putting the cart before the horse, but you know I think we're all for the most part, um, in agreement that if the Packers, let's just say the Packers lose, you know, Monday and and they are yep. for everything that we know mathematically likely completely eliminated from the playoffs. It's it's time to shut Rodgers down. I don't care if it's the surgery or what it is on the thumb or or whatever they want to play it off as. You need to give Jordan Love a chance, not only to make a name for himself as a Packer, but to give you some leverage if there is a trade down the line, or if there is, if you want to win back the fans, then you have you've given them a chance to look at Love over a few games and say. Hey, if we don't, if Rodgers is a part of this team next year, whether he retires, he's traded, whatever, then we have the confidence. We've shown you enough. We're going to believe in Jordan Love to, to, to be our, our quarterback of the future. Um, and man, it's, it's tough to to watch him. And and I know he just kind of had that, that, you know, released this week about requesting a trade. And I a hundred percent can't blame him. Um, you know, you're, you're sitting behind one of the all-time greats in Rogers, but from what we've seen in at least this this short, very short sample of, of this year, and a guy that's literally kept his mouth shut, has done everything that Green Bay has asked of him, um, probably knows the offense in and out by now, has studied behind Rodgers. Um, you know, I, I am so comfortable. I don't want to say so comfortable. But if Rodgers were not part of the organization next year, for whatever reason it is, I feel more comfortable knowing, okay, even if Love doesn't have a great year, but he's the guy moving forward. I, I am comfortable with that. Um, I think he's paid his dues. He's he's probably you know better than you know half of half of some of the starters right now, from a, a, a simple fact that he probably knows the offense and knows what Lafleur and how Lafleur wants to run the offense. Um, mm-hmm. That I'm comfortable with if that's the decision moving forward. So, I don't want to say you know I don't want to give the Packers, you know, zero hope for the rest of the year. Again, there's a very small chance, but I'm almost thinking like, you know, put up, put us out of our misery now, or, or I, it gives us the chance to see Jordan love for the rest of the year, rather than, Hey, we're seeing him against the B's and C teams of, yeah. of the Lions uh, or the other teams. And we really don't get a, a, a great, you know, a, a great, yeah, you, don't a great you don't get a great, you don't get a great
0: view. You don't get a great, you don't get a great sort of, yeah. you know, Picture into what love is, and right. I, I I hear you. I think that there is a case to be made that to get a couple of games under your belt with Rogers, Dobbs, and Watson, so they have a little bit of on-field chemistry. If you feel like that's your move next season, and maybe that's the Miami game. If you say okay, the Rams, you win, you lose, then you do the Miami game, and then the last two games of the season, Jordan Love is is the pilot, and Jordan Love then gets those two games. So it's kind of an even split, if you will. I agree with you that I would feel very comfortable if it's Jordan love next year. I've, I've wait, I've wavered on that, but the more I think about it, the more that I sort of put all the pieces together and think about who would need a quarterback. I don't want to give Jordan love to an NFC team. I just do not want to have that potentially haunt us for the next decade because that would be this, that would be scary as fuck, right? Like, If he's on the Seattle Seahawks, right, just let's do the Seahawks, who have been kind of a rival here and there. Like, and he just lights it up.
1: You know, Smith, they already said this week that they were planning for him to be the guy. There's nobody really in the NSC with the outside of the fact that Detroit has mentioned already this week that, you know, they want to, you know, use golf moving forward. I don't know if that's true or not, but, like, there's nobody in the division that's looking for – yeah. The, I, right I mean, the
0: Giants, the Giants have a decision to go on dimes. The commanders have a decision to go on Heineke. Carolina has a decision on Sam Darnold if they want. Uh, Desmond Ritter is still there. Makes, makes New Orleans, again, another one who needs a quarterback. Um, you can't tell me Andy Dalton would be better than oh, Jordan, no, Love. Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers. Um, and... I, I think so. I think there are at least a decent amount that are there. And I think if you go into the AFC side, it's the Jets and it's the Titans, and those are really the two. Unless Baltimore decides not to play Lamar Jackson, which would be wild. Um, I kind of – I have this weird sneaking suspicion they aren't going to pay him. I, I know absolutely nothing. I've not heard anything. I've not read anything. I don't know. I just – I, I could see it. And I think,
1: I think out of those teams too – you know, obviously Washington was kind of a uh, has been kind of a revelation this year, and Seattle or Seattle, uh, Seattle also has been. Um, you know, the Saints have been as well. I mean, how many of those teams are willing to go through? Uh, let's see what happens twenty twenty three in and say, hey, we're going to take a shot on Caleb Williams in twenty four. So that's
0: – I mean, that's an excellent point. And, that's, and I think that might be the thing that they talk to Jordan Love about and they talk to Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. I think you have to have a conversation with everybody. They have, they have the same agent, right? They're, they're represented by the exact same agent. So there's no reason why you can't have all, everybody in a room and just say, hey, look, Jordan, we understand you're frustrated. We're going to take care of you. I think it would drive Packer fans fucking crazy. If Jordan Love gets like a three-year extension worth like, let's just say 60 million, 70 million. Sometimes you see this in baseball, right? Where a guy comes up and he's played maybe uh two weeks, three weeks, and he gets five years, a hundred million dollars. And it's like, remember how big of remember Ryan Brown kind of got that, right? Like yeah. it was like a year in and he got like 180 million out the box. And I'm not saying to give Jordan Love this massive deal, but it's almost like, hey. We'll pay you for what keep we're
1: keeping one you quiet, more year. You. Exactly. Right.
0: Exactly. And we are gonna go on a run here. We're gonna try to go on a run with Aaron. This is Aaron's last year. Aaron's told us it's his last year. I think there could be either some and Bakchara has been good this year, so don't get me wrong. And I, I know I brought it up earlier, but I I think this could be all coordinated. Now, sometimes this is where I get rabbit holy, I get conspiracy where I, I think everything's connected. Um, and, and it's not and I've been proven wrong on this type of stuff before, but it's, it, it kind of is almost too perfect. And it would really work out. Right. And just say, all right, it's Bakhtiari's last year. It's Rogers last year. Maybe you bring back Cobb for absolutely nothing. Although I would prefer not to, I'd rather get like a draft a slot receiver that's here and there. Um, And you just sort of say, all right, this is legit last dance shit. And then it's Jordan loves team. And we're shedding the Bakhtiari money. We'll shed the Rogers money. Rogers will retire, and and that'll be it. And and or we'll try to trade him because Rogers' contract becomes a little bit easier to trade. That to me, now that I've now that I've sounded this out in my head with you, um, and I know I talked about it on Monday, but like I feel like that to me now, this might be the path forward.
1: And I think, and I don't know that Ed Rogers would ever publicly come out and say this, but I think if that was the public. Understanding, like, hey, I got one year left, guys. Like, I'm gonna give it all. uh Like, this is my true last dance. I think the the public perception, even though he doesn't give a fuck about it, uh, and the fans' perspective, then they could on un- they could get behind that a little bit more. Than, hey, I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen. I might be back next year. I might not. I might retire. If people knew that potentially going in, like, hey, guys. This is my last year I'm done after this I'm retiring that then I think that not only the team wise and, and being able to build around that understanding, but then also the fans and that I think they would understand, understand and respect that a little bit more and say, okay, let's see how it goes Throw everything, you know, kitchen table type season. And, uh and we have our successor next year in Jordan love and, you know, we'll, we'll prepare around him after. I think that would go, um a long way I, again i don't that i can't see that being the way that roger sinks but uh i think it would go over much better with the fan base and and the people that you know have kind of had enough of him
0: yeah no we'll have to see it'll be fascinating it's going to be a very annoying storyline that i'm sure we'll talk a lot about in future keg jams the cup all right we're sticking with you we're moving out of the local and we're moving into the shall we say national topics uh, and in the collegiate world?
1: Yeah. So this is, this would be an interesting one. The song is called, or excuse me. Yeah. Until next time. Uh, It's by Titus. I just, I've had a hard time and it is nothing new with, with college football, but just understanding kind of the approach to college players likely headed for the draft Likely getting drafted early on, um, sitting out of their their college football uh bowl games, um, with the you know, obviously the yes. chance of them getting hurt. Um, I think Matt Corral is the big one that comes to mind last year,
0: yes.
1: Um, and I don't even know if it was was it in the bowl or was it in there? Yeah, he got yeah. hurt, yeah, he got yeah. hurt in the bowl, but it might have been in the SEC championship game, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's it's, it's weird to look at because you think you go, you, your, your chances of getting hurt are so much greater when you're playing 10, 11, 12 games of the regular season. And then you're taking the one bowl game off that you have, or you have a national spotlight. Um, some of these guys need those games to to play against competition that they haven't seen to really shine out like that, that can, you know, raise and lower your stock, you know, positively and negatively. So I think there's still guys that need some of those games um, but just like going over like the list of guys that aren't playing, like Will Levis, I think already sat out, uh, Joey Porter Jr., Anthony Johnson, uh or excuse me, Anthony Richardson from Florida, uh um, Christian,
0: uh Christian Gutierrez, right? The kid from uh Oregon, the corner.
1: Yep, yep. He was he's sitting out too. Um, I think uh Jackson Smith and Jigma is sitting out as well. That one,
0: that's the that's the one. The way yeah, we'll keep going with the list. Uh Miles well, it's, Murphy, it's, Miles it's, Murphy it's,
1: Clemson, like. I I agree.
0: Like, it is a – it's a little bit of an old man take, but I'm with you. It's the same with the transfer portal. It's like we want these bowl games to matter, and why don't we start the transfer portal after the the season's over? Like Not to mention,
1: one thing I thought about too, and I think this will down the line be a bigger conversation, is that with these NIL deals, are are, are there going to be packages or or contracts to say – if you're part of an NIO deal with this school, you have mm-hmm. to, if you are in a bowl game, you have to play in that bowl game because you you think about it, right? It's a it's a diminished product at the end of the day. If if certain players are not playing in those games, you lose money and universities lose millions of dollars if the game, you know, is um you know of lesser quality because certain players aren't playing it. And I think that's something that is gonna be part of it. That's
0: um that's fascinating. I didn't think about it that way, but that's such a good way to do it. I think, and I think you could do it structured in the sense like, cause you're, it's a ranking system, right? Like the Badgers are in the big Ten's seventh bowl, eighth bowl. I don't know. Um, but they're in a lower tier bowl. And so you could put it in there. It's like, if you're part of the big Ten's first five bowls, you have to play. Like, you, you know, if it's the underneath, we understand, right? If it's like an NIT bowl, essentially, like we, we get it, but you're not, you haven't seen this yet with college basketball. I really hope we'll never see it with college basketball. Mm-hmm. I realize it's partly because it's a 64-team tournament. Everybody has their spot. Smith and Jibba, I feel like, will be a pr- someone who gets drafted in the late first round. It'll be a steal for a, a team and everyone will go nuts, but he hasn't played this entire year. His hamstring bothered him a couple of times. He tried to work back, but I how much did he really work back, right? Kind of similar, to Nick Bosa. There was a little bit of that, and it's like you have a ch- you're playing him in the semifinal game against Georgia. You're facing uh, the kid Ringo Kiki is it Kiki Ringo, uh, the, the safety who's really really talented from Georgia. Like there are you're facing NFL guys, like right. And so yeah, it makes no sense to me. It's dumb. It it dampens the product. Um, I would argue that's part of the reason why watching some of the earlier bowls actually might be more fun. There are going to be some that are just going to be brutal, right? The Badgers-Oklahoma State game is at 930 on a Tuesday night. Like, that's going to be an absolute slog. Um, <laughs> I do not blame anybody who's not doing reviews and things like that just to go to bed, and you just want to do that. That's more you're within your right. But I do think that there will be some that will be exciting. Like, I think – I forget when they play, but – actually, no, it's Friday. UTSA plays Troy, and those are two net, two conference champion teams playing against each other. Coaches are back, players are back, like the whole thing. That's that's awesome. Like, and again, this sounds like someone who's like wanting to watch G3 football uh because it's the purest form of the sport, but it's just right. I don't know. I agree with you. I, I think it's it's gone, it's kind of gone too far. And I think there needs to be some right sizing to make it matter. And if if really the consequence is Taking away a bunch of those games and saying, "All right, we're only there's only forty bowl, there's only forty bowls and twenty teams, so be it, do it that way."
1: Yeah, and I just think like with with the with the quarterbacks, right? I think that's the biggest jump you'll see in in the play. Like, Will Levis isn't going to play in the Music City Bowl, and they play Iowa. Like, is their backup quarterback really going to make this fucking game? Maybe is, but like as a Music City Bowl and college football, like thinking about that game, like this is this was probably not going to. I mean, it would have been a fun game, but not you are missing you know a top 10 nfl talent that people were tuning in for and you know kentucky iowa isn't gonna have a greatest draw but no over under
0: is 31 right
1: now yeah so it's like now it's you know it's it's hard to and i i get it i understand why you sit out i understand the the money that is involved and the money that is lost out um but again, you play an entire season and you, you have more chance to get injured in that or your practices or things like that, you know, taking off the, the the one game that you're on a national stage, or you might have a chance to actually increase your draft stock and then get you even more money um, from a draft, you know, place perspective. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe, like I said, it, maybe it's a boomer take, but it's, uh, it's just something I, I've been thinking about lately and seeing I, guys announce. I,
0: I almost wonder too, if like, you bring the draft up and draft like or I'm sorry, not the draft, but the bowl game's up. I realize it's over the holidays and that's part of the reason that's part of the allure of it, but I almost wonder if it was two weeks earlier when all these guys bounce out.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know if like yeah, the timing wise makes sense. I think some of these guys just have it in their heads, like I don't want to take a a single risk with my health or with anything and, and that's just why they're doing it. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess I don't know that. That would make the biggest thing. I think it's just, hey, let's not take the risk because I'm going to be a a top twenty pick in the NFL draft in a few months. And yeah, yeah, it's you know I I guess I don't. I I've watched enough bowl games to see, but like if I watch Kentucky and Iowa, I am probably going to see a a a pretty diminished product on the field because it won't be be the same.
0: It won't be won't be the same. Let's say with college athletics and go to college hoops.
1: Yeah, um, so uh, the, the song Who Want the Smokes by Nardo Wick and G. Herbo, um, that was just kind of, you know, over the, the course of like the past few weeks and in, in watching college basketball and the amount of, of parody in – in the NCAA right now, um, it's great for college basketball. Uh, at the end of the day, there's there's a few teams obviously at the top. Like you have your Purdue and, and Virginia, and I think UConn's the only other um, like top three. Those top three teams that are undefeated. Um, but like your Gonzagas have lost three times, I believe. I think Michigan's yeah. lost four times. Um, Duke's lost twice, you know, there's some big hitters that have lost twice, you know, a few times already and we're not even in January yet. So, uh, I, I love that. I think we saw a lot of that even in the, like the last two years, um, not to bring it up, but like, well, to bring it up, but like when Murray state beat Marquette in the tournament, right. Um, when that was like John Morant's, um, John Morant's team, like you could kind of see this shift in, in some of the college basketball or some of the smaller schools, are extremely competitive and they can play with some of the bigger the bigger schools and i th- at the end of the day that's is great um for college basketball and and so i love that because there's so much up and down um in like every i don't follow every single game but i feel like all of the instagrams that i follow there's a there's an upset every night arizona yeah. state last night beat Creighton. um you know there's there's a lot of there's just a lot of fluctuation yeah no it's it's the, good the i mean I,
0: alabama great. alabama was losing to memphis i don't know what happened in that game but they
1: they were they're, losing they're up, they're up now but yeah it's a closer game than i think most would expect right they were in
0: alabama was a seven and a half point favorite they just come off the heels of beating Houston. and i also think credit to the Schedule makers, right? Like, they're, they're like the coaches have done a really good job of scheduling. Like, there's a there seems to be at least one good college basketball game a night, which I don't know if that was always the case in the non conference. It feels like they do a better job than college football. Like, tomorrow night, you get uh, Maryland and UCLA, like yeah. that's an awesome basketball game, right? Yeah. Like, so every night, there usually is at least one game that you can hone in on and be like, all right, yeah, I'm sitting down, I'm gonna watch this. And because of the parody and no one feels like this dominant team, it makes it a lot more fun that any night something else can happen. Yeah. And it's a real bummer um, that Chris Beard's a drunken asshole. And like, because I, I think that Texas team was fun. I like Chris, I, I like Chris Beard, the coach. I obviously he's a pretty shade person. Um still not all the news out on that, but yeah. that totally screws up the season in general. Because I think right, you know, if you were to say, all right, who's who Are the top like four teams? If you're like, are you gonna make just a final four based on the teams you've watched, I probably would put Texas in there, I yeah. definitely would put UConn in there, I'd put Purdue, and uh, maybe, I maybe I hate Virginia, I hate watching Virginia play basketball. They are really good this year, unfortunately,
1: mm-hmm. which sucks. I hate, yeah, Virginia. I mean, even Saturday, like Illinois, I thought was gonna be like, oh, yeah, and they get 10 point by, favorites, they, against they got Penn beat State. Bad by Penn State purdue barely beats nebraska so that i mean and and that just could that could be the big 10 in general just just being annoying but um yeah i just i love that there's just so much so much parity right now in the game it's it's good for college basketball i think it has a lot to do with um you know the g league stuff too and the guys going there instead of that there is you know maybe some of those top top tier guys just aren't in college basketball and it levels the playing field a little bit, but I mean, there is still a lot of fucking great talent in college basketball right now. And it makes, it makes that sport so much fun to watch. The the NIL stuff helps too. Like having Shibway back this year,
0: having Drew Timmy back this year is a lot of fun. Marcus yeah. Carr uh, coming back for another year at Texas. And like, so the, and also the COVID stuff where they got the free year. So a lot of these guys are staying and they like, we are now, like, I feel like the Van Wilder, which we used to always do as, like, part of, like, just the fun stuff and text back and forth, like, can you believe this guy's still here? I think we did it as a topic on our first show. Like, it's uh, it's almost dead because everybody's just stayed. Like, all of a sudden, these guys have other years. Like, I couldn't believe Keetan uh, Slovis and JT Daniels are transferring again out of the portal. And, and I know it's college football. But it's the same thing. It's like, how, how many fucking years do you have left here to keep playing basketball? Right. So. yeah,
1: it's funny you mentioned Texas because um you know I, I won't go into it, but I work with a guy who who was close to, you know, Tyrese Hunter's from Racine. Yeah. Um, so it's fun to see like them at the top. I mean, hope I mean the coach that's stuff with beard is 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 tough to to navigate through, but um it's always fun to see guys that are from Milwaukee have have totally that made yeah,
0: them. and I feel like we can claim Maurice Beekman. Um, you know, like he was from Milwaukee, he went he was like 15, 13 years, I think he was in Milwaukee, and then he he moved to Louisiana, so he's Milwaukee yep. native. Um, and from what I was told by somebody, he was like, Yeah, if, if Shaka was there, he's like the perfect Shaka player. And I that like made me kind of wanted to go in a hole. Um, but
1: you know, it's, <laughs> well, is- um, uh, not to, not to backtrack to the box, but they were talking about like tonight at what one point there was three three Milwaukee guys with uh yeah. Pat Baldwin, uh, Jordan Poole. And I, yep. I think Kavon might've been all on the, on the floor. And if they would have included Wes Matthews, he was four Wisconsin guys, you know, all on the floor, which was, was pretty cool to see. Yeah.
0: And none of them. And only one of them went to Marquette. Yeah. That's yep. I mean, but but then again to be fair. Everyone enough, went to
1: then, went to Milwaukee University though, you know. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, that was bad by Brian. And I, think. So, bad, like, I yeah. think so Brian Anderson, my guy, I think what it was was that UWM doesn't want to be called UWM anymore. They're very sensitive to it. They want to be called Milwaukee. Um, Jimmy Lenke gets a fucking boner, um, you know, when when that happens, and the inverse when it doesn't gets all upset, and I don't know if he still runs Panther U, but he did for a while. <laughs> uh, we, we have, we've we had some run-ins with Panther U in the past, uh, but uh, yeah, so I think that was part of it. Uh, it was an unfortunate comment from uh, from my dude, Brian Anderson. All right, we got it. We've, we've been going long. It's great, so that's why we got to do it more often, but it, all I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. The, the Christmas classic um and some people hate it some people love it some people think it's it's just okay uh where where are you uh mariah carey's all i I want for christmas yeah
1: yeah so I, i mean i have a very different approach to it because it's you know it's once you hit december it's the song everybody's requesting um especially when you're playing uh like a lot of the christmas bar crawls which i have done in the past i'm not doing this year um And you're playing at like two or three different places. And every time you're there, you're getting a different group of people that are in for, you know, three, four hours at a time. And you could get that song requested every hour. Um, So um, it's my wife is a big Christmas person. She loves Christmas music. Um, love to like put it on in the house when we're you know cooking, yeah. getting ready, and everything. And this right. song does not make the list, and I'm totally fine with that. I, I feel like I can hear it enough. Um, yeah, yeah, you get and it, I use it. it, and it's also not like, yeah, I get like, I don't think it's like one of the greatest like Christmas songs. I think there are so many other ones out there that just put me in a, a Christmas mood. um
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, think it's, it's just, I think it's. It, I don't want to say it's
1: overrated. I, don't, nah, nah, nah. I just it's, think it is. It's, it's properly, overrated. it's
0: properly rated. Then it's properly rated, right? Like it's, it's there. Maybe it's not properly rated, but it's just it may be a touch overrated on on your hand, if I'm not to speak for you. But I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what you're saying, right?
1: Yeah, and it's like I I enjoy like the Vince Gill Christmases or like the Celine Dion or just some of the the more classic ones where it's like the the Mariah Carey is just. It's yeah, it's a little too much for me now, and and I've I've just heard it so much. Yeah, um,
0: well, the DJ the DJ part I should have I should have yeah. considered before adding this to the list. But if I don't also, hear
1: it on if I don't hear it on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, I'm not upset about it. You know, and,
0: and I will say that like there also is another song that she has called "Just Christmas," where it's like Christmas, the snow's coming down, Christmas. It's a great song. It 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 gets forgot. It kind of it's under the radar for Mariah, but it's, it's also very good. Any any holiday traditions that you just hate. Um for me, I, I was thinking about this. My wife's was Caroline. I like was just like, why do why do people just show up at your door singing songs? Mine personally was candy canes. Like I like the taste of peppermint, but I just I don't know, it's just a lot. It's just pure sugar, it's sticky. I don't like the fruit ones, those are gross. Um, so yeah, I could do without candy canes.
1: Yeah, uh I'm with you on the that I like, think that's super awkward. Um I I can appreciate it if like the carolers are good. I I can tell you I remember ever having um like carolers come to my door. Um you know, in any of my years yeah. whether you no know, matter where I was living, um not a super big candy cane guy. I'm with you there. I'm not a not a big peppermint guy. Uh I would say it's not a tradition, but it's something that when you grow up it's something you just have to um get used to but like the trying to balance families oh, yeah. is just a fucking pain. Um and especially if you have you know full families on each side and trying to manage the travel of of each day that's just I'd rather pick a weekend in January in the beginning of <laughs> yeah. January right. and leave it there and like that's what we do. Um so like the, the back and forth on on that stuff and like trying to find a day and picking a time and say, oh, we have two hours here or we have two hours there, but then we have to drive an hour there. Um, it's just that's and it's unfortunate because obviously you want to be with the, your your families as much as you can. But I'd rather, hey, we got every Christmas Eve, which I think we're trying to do now is like we got every Christmas Eve here. we got every Christmas day there. We can spend yeah. an, an entire day here, and an entire day there and uh and we'll leave it at that and then you know if there's there's other family then maybe thanksgiving is the one that we're doing it with so yeah uh, travel and trying to manage that is probably my least favorite thing. yeah i i hear you i i
0: definitely uh we have four things that we do in a span of two days and it's just like christmas day is literally 8 a.m to 9 p.m and it's nonstop.
1: Yep. and i was like
0: and is, the other bad a,
1: part about that, too, is somebody's got to stay sober enough to drive.
0: Yeah, drive. yeah it's, oh, that's my wife.
1: But, um... But,
0: yeah, no. <laughs> usually, that's the case. Uh, but, but seriously, it's yeah, it's, it's a lot. But, all right. Two more will really be quick. Uh, I want to go with something in the orange, Zach Bryant. It is a very melodic song. It's a sad song. Uh, it makes me think of winter because... We haven't seen the Sun since December 4th do you know this that the sun has not come out in the Milwaukee area since mm-hmm. December the 4th we are it's December
1: 14th tomorrow and the sun has not been, been around. Back, but it's when you know when you think about it it's not it's not surprising it's bummer
0: and and then I like I was wondering I don't know if you're familiar with Zach Ryan's music but like I just wonder are there like certain people like you just can't listen you can only listen to in the winter and then are there certain artists that you can only really listen to in the summer? Where you're like, that's a summer artist. And like for me, I put Zach Bryan, who I'm just kind of getting familiar with. I think it's crazy he sold out uh, the Ampham Amphitheater in like two days, um, and which is nuts. And then uh, like Boney Bear is another one where it's like that's winter music, man. That's not that's not really midsummer. Like hot as shit outside, just listening to some slow melodic uh, Justin Vernon out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, seasonal depression as it comes to music, too. Yeah, yeah, Um, for sure. Certainly, like, I I don't know that I'm as specific as, like, I'm only going to play certain, not even as a DJ, but, like, just even listening in the car. Like, I don't know that, like, I'm not going to listen to an artist or a style because of the music. But certainly, like, country music is screams... for the most it's, part, screams summer to me. Yes, you know, absolutely. And you know, drinking at a bonfire or something along those lines. Um, so, like that, that that more you know fits kind of the type of of season that you're in. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, not to go back to Christmas music, but I better not hear fucking Christmas music before Thanksgiving, which of course they do in all the, like the local radio stations yeah. here. Like, I, I, I don't dip into that i only really enjoy it when there's you know when you're kind of getting in that mood and you know you come home and you know the lights are out or your trees out or whatever then that makes sense but um yeah as far as the other stuff like like i said the 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 country stuff screams um you know summertime and and that's what i think of but um other than that i don't get too too locked into a genre based on the time of year makes sense Uh, it's good heat check Uh, and then lastly Wasted by Gucci Mane. It's holiday party
0: season, but some of it's already happening. Some of you have it this weekend. Um, it's really just, first of all, don't overdo it with your coworkers. Um, sometimes it's fun to drink with coworkers. Sometimes you drink with your coworkers. Um, it's a friendly PSA. I've been there um, multiple times. Um, I, one time, put my arm around a CMO and was like, you're not going to fire me, are you? Um, oh, after-
1: yeah. I was,
0: I was so fucking drunk. I was like, so it was in Madison. Uh, I was working for a bank and they brought everybody to Madison. We had this awesome dinner. It was at a brewery. We we're drinking a ton of beers and then we started slamming Jager shots and I blacked out with my clothes. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, I woke up in a hotel room, fully clothed, supposed to be somewhere at 830. I got, I got, I think I got up at 825, one shower. It was I have never felt more like, I think that's really one of the few times I've had like true anxiety, which I wasn't even, that wasn't even a thing back then. I didn't know what that was. And yeah, more trickled out about my performance there as like the months went on. It's like, oh man, you were funny in there. I'm like, I want to fucking die. Then my other one was, uh, now this one, I actually was okay because I was, I was drinking quite a bit at like, it was like I had a country club. But I was, I was in control. It was nothing. I kind of had that experience. I had that battle wound. So I was like, not going to do this again. It was within our company. Uh, my wife was with me, our dead girlfriend at the time. So I was like, okay, like she kind of keep me balanced. I asked her kind of too. And I, I did all right. But all my friends were in town because they had had tickets to the Marquette uh, Buffalo game. Mark, that was a Mark's Howard one. I did like 46 that night. And I missed it. I couldn't go with them because I had a holiday party. But I met them up later. And we ended up going to Cat's. And Joe Cat said, "Is and we drank till like two or three o'clock in the morning. I had one of them stay over at my house. I ended up falling asleep on my floor, and my wife found me. And yeah, that was not was not well received. Um, found myself quite in the doghouse for a few days right before Christmas.
1: Oh, Those man.
0: so so this, basically, what I'm saying is, don't be a dickhead at your holiday party. Keep your house clean. Keep both house clean. Keep your personal house clean." keep your workhouse clean. Just don't, just don't be an asshole about it and just control it. Like, don't, if you feel like you're getting too drunk, just Uber home and, and Irish goodbye and no one's going to care.
1: Oh uh, yeah. I'll tell you a quick story. I wasn't, I wasn't part of it. I like, <laughs> unfortunately, um, you know, and, and I actually at the company I used to work for, I won't, I won't mention names Um, you know, I've, my wife and I had the privilege of going to a few, um, one was at the grain exchange one year. And and then the other, there's a big wedding venue downtown. I, I, I forget the, the name of it, but that's where it was the last few years. And we always had a running joke, like who was going to be the person that that party. party. And, And luckily I had my wife with me, um, for all of them so that, you know, we, you know, she was the one keeping me in line. I never got to be that point. Um, but apparently one year when it was at the office, um, we had a big pond out front and apparently the CFO, um, it must've been a warmer Christmas party because he made his way to the pond and started swimming in it after one of the Christmas parties. And again, it was, it was his company. So, um, you know, he kind of let it, let it, you know, got to do what he wanted to do, but um, you know, luckily I didn't experience that Um, I've had, uh, you know, we always did pregames with some friends that you and I, you know, grew up with that I, I ended up working with. Um, and I feel like my wife and I were always the ones bringing like the bottle of Fireball or something just to like loosen people up because I feel like yeah. that's the issue is like you want you want people to be out of their element of their work shit you don't want to be fucking talking to work at a work party and all that no. so you're kind of the people that, like broke in and and try to to get everybody to loosen up but. Yeah. Luckily we were never the, um, the guilty party or the, you know, the party that had, you know, the stories told about them for, for years to come. So, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, be smart. Um, don't, don't make longer conversations than you have. And, oh uh, yeah. That's another one. Get out and have, yeah, a, don't have a buddy system with you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. If you don't have your wife or significant other with you or don't have a significant other, just find somebody. It's like, Hey, you're, you're my wingman. I'm your wingman. And it's not for pickup chicks. It's just to make sure to bail me out of situations when I need, need it and be like, all right, we're going to go get another drink. or hey, You got to go home. Like, yeah, it's at the end of the day is it's fun. It's, everyone likes drinking with their work friends and it, I think it's fun and it's cool to have work friends, but there is like that, that line where you're like, okay, I have to, I, I'm still, I'm still working with these people. Um, I still see these people on Monday morning, uh, but Someone wants to invite me to their work party or they need a plus one, I would go um, to do that because <laughs> I'm working in a work for uh, my day job. does not. I won't have that luxury. Um, I haven't had it since 2019. So I kind of miss it a little bit. So, but anyways, should probably go. It's been a long one. Uh, we had a lot, I had a lot of fun today. Um, anything else for the people? Uh, oh, yeah. Shakehead, see him at Revel Friday. See him next week at Trinity Wednesday, and then again right the Friday to the twelve thirty. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Great stuff. Yeah.
1: Everybody um, enjoy the holidays and be safe. Um, yes. Especially around the holidays, make sure you're able to to suspend it with your friends and fam. And uh, yeah, we'll have another one of these coming up soon.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, link up again, and yeah, look forward to it. Man, all right, take care
1: of good one, buddy. Later, man. See you.